Welcome to the Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast, uh, episode 46. Uh, I'm your host, Spencer, and with me, the Roundtable crew. Uh, mine is Brian, who's on a road trip for work, and uh, so good luck and safe travels. But we have Dan. Hey, what's up? And we have Engineer Mark. Yo, what's up? Hey, man. Uh, you know, we were just talking, and uh, it's like, oh, there's not a lot going on in pinball. Well, there actually kind of is. And uh, so we're in episode 46. It's Sunday, the 27th of March, 2022, which, by the way, this month is five years of the Spinners Lit Pinball Podcast. Cool. So we did and our almost, first. Almost one of them is actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> almost we have almost one good episode actually so, you know i remember listening to your guys' show back when you started and seth was doing it and everything and you guys were pretty good and then i came along and it really started to suck and then mark came along and it got respectable again so i'm seeing the weak link here and it's like looking in a mirror <laughs> you know it, it, it had up and down periods after you know seth just you know, he had too many irons in the fire and we wish him well. We'll see him at the show, um, which is coming up soon. Yeah, he's had a lot of irons in the fire and I just, I, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go. So it's like, well, let's a bunch of people come over. We'll eat a bunch of junk food and let's talk pinball, which is cool. But it kind of just got out of hand for a while because like I remember one night we had like 18 people in my living room and I was like, what the hell is going on? And, uh, and then it kind of calmed down and then Mark came on board and, uh, and you know, really, and and oh, I'm I'm rocking the whole new mic system tonight. You guys have sent pictures too, so hopefully I sound much better. So we're all rocking really good high higher end sound quality stuff. Anyway, so on the road to respectability, sir. I, yeah, man, um, it's pretty cool. So uh, first gameplay footage of Weird Al, Weird Al's Museum of the hell's it called? Uh, Museum of Natural Hilarity, and it was Natural streamed Hilarity. by Buffalo Pinball, about two hours of it. I watched about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. I really enjoyed what I watched. Uh, I, I really want to play it, obviously, but I want to play every new game. And I'm absolutely, you know, I'm a diehard Weird Al fan all the way back from his first record. Um, and I remember the days before then when he was a, a, literally a college kid on on Dr. Nemeno's show, you know, playing... Uh, is according and doing another one rides the bus. So, um, Dan, I you, still you got, love that one. Yeah, that so, so do I. And I just watched the Ricky video the other day. But Dan, you 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 plunked down money on one. So why don't you go ahead and go first? So yeah, I watched it all obsessively a couple times now, and uh, it looks it looks really really cool. I'm still, you know, not ecstatic that it's a P3. Not that there's anything wrong with P3. It's a uh, awesome product i just didn't feel like i personally needed p3 but when you see that game in motion i think that you're really seeing the potential of the p3 system uh the graphics are definitely better than anything that you've seen on p3 yet that mini playfield or that mini playfield that playfield module is absolutely packed to the gills with things to shoot and ramps and diverters and toys uh, did anybody else see the shot where they actually show the thing taken out of the game and they show the bottom? No, I didn't see the shot from the stream, but I did watch a walkthrough at Texas pinball festival, uh, on video and they were showing the underside and 
I cannot believe how much they packed in that module. It's crazy how many different mechs are in there crammed into just a little space that would normally be on a whole play field. Pretty amazing. Yeah, that literally scares me because can you imagine having to work on that? Uh, I was thinking that too. <laughs> it's insanity. I was thinking that. I was like, wow, how are you going to work on that if uh, something goes wrong? Right. And absolutely something's going to go wrong. But, you know, that's just, you know, when you scream for more, 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 better, 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 that's kind of the flip side of the coin, right? You have to be ready to deal with that. And, you know, the modes looked great. The theme integration looked fantastic. Uh, I mean, really, I I couldn't ask for much more except for to not have to wait for a year. Right. Do you have a timeline or is this just a rough estimate? So I got the email and he said that my current spot in line is next March. Which is fine. You know, it was kind of what I expected, not what I hoped for, but kind of what I expected. And uh, I don't mind, you know, I'm not like losing my mind or anything over it. But I, yeah, I was I was hoping that it might be a little sooner. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you touched on the art, which I think is really, you know, because that's been a common one of the things people said, like, you know, the art and the animations um, are light years beyond anything they've done previously, which I never had a problem with any of the stuff they did. It, it fit the, you know, theme or whatever. Um but from what I saw, they've really stepped up their game, which is cool. Well, it just really feels like this is the first title. And I mean, this isn't to take anything away from Heist or Lexi Lightspeed or Cosmic Kart Racing. Like those are all really, really cool games. But they always had like that weird sort of flash game feel to the graphics and the art just never felt like anything too special. Like this is the first game that it looks like they went out and they got a real artist to do the uh the pictures and the graphics and the side art and everything and obviously the sound is uh it's mostly weird owl stuff apparently scott denisi had something to do with the sound but i mean i'm not really sure what yet and they got al to do all the call outs so the sound you know was obviously you know everything that you're going to hope it's going to be and then on top of that you know it has that gameplay you know where it's like the modes are are the kind of modes that you don't usually get in pinballs because they have the potential of using the play field and the moving targets and the walls. And, you know, then you have all those different ramps and diverters and flippers on the side. It just really looks like it has a lot going on. I mean, it looks like uh, there's going to be a lot there to like. And pretty much everybody's opinion coming out of Texas sounded uh relentlessly positive i haven't heard anybody yet say oh man it sucks what were they thinking they're wasting their time they're wasting their money uh, you're right about that uh it's funny because they were doing like a little interview before the twippies and they're like oh what was your what was the games you flipped and they're like oh we flipped weird al and it was like we really liked it uh, there was a lot of people saying that they enjoyed playing it um i'm excited whenever press start gets it uh it's definitely on order we jumped on it right away uh, so hopefully we'll get one so you can play it on public location before uh, you get yours, Dan. But definitely, I'm really excited to see how they're using the Playfield monitor to make the modes feel different because they have that more that real estate to be able to do anything they want on a video uh, type of format. So it'll be interesting to see what shots that are on the bottom part of the Playfield to go with the mode because I didn't get to see the stream yet. I want to watch it from Buffalo pinball, but 
what did you see on that as far as the use of the graphics to go with the gameplay? So basically the way that it starts is you kind of start off in a just sort of a generic gameplay mode. And that's where it's playing the song Fun Zone, which is sort of the the game background music. And it shows a museum floor. It's got the Weird Al Jurassic Park uh, T-Rex thing in the middle of it. And, you know, you're just you're shooting around, you're hitting targets, you're locking balls, you're qualifying the modes as you shoot around. And this is just sort of my impression. So as you shoot around the upper play field, what you're doing is you're visiting different wings of the museum. And if you start a mode when you're in a specific wing of the museum, you can start a song that uh, reflects what's going on in that wing. And it gives you a choice of two songs. Then there's a, a way you can get, I don't know if, how they do this, but there's a way you can get a VIP pass and you can choose any song. And the songs are the modes. If you're in like the the health you know, section, you can choose germs or like a surgeon. And then when you start like a surgeon, it has a big animated intro where uh, a cartoon Weird Al comes out and he explains the directive to you of what you're trying to do, which is, you know, you want to hit the good shots and not the bad shots. And it's sort of like operation. And then, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then it's all just like super animated, you know, all the, all the graphics and everything are custom and you start taking your shots around the play field and playing the modes at the same time that you're doing that. There are multi-ball songs that you can actually bring into the mode and when you start a multi-ball song and you're in a mode, all hell will kind of break loose. Like if you start the hardware store mode, all of a sudden, like tools and stuff will start flying back and forth across the screen. Or if you start Dare to be Stupid, it'll bring in like a like a spinning wheel every once in a while that chooses awards. And you can stack that in with the mode that you're playing. That's really cool. So are there shots that you can make also that are from the screen? Or yes. not really. So depending on the mode, like germs is almost all completely on the screen. And oh, it's cool. got all these little germs floating around in what feels like a Petri dish. As you're shooting the germs, you're hitting the wall. As you hit the wall, the Petri dish cracks and you're trying to kill or or change all the germs before you break the Petri dish. Wow. They, it looks like they put in a lot of thought in the modes. Sound They sound unique. Yeah, it it there does seem to be like my first impression was there does seem to be a lot of shoot this, not that modes like like uh-huh. you see on like like Guns and Roses when you're playing the uh, the Chinese democracy wizard mode. I forgot what it's called. Uh, shall we play a game uh, where it's like you want to hit the yellow arrows, but not the, the red arrows, for example. But, you know, yeah, all the modes, you know, and that's kind of the the joy of P3 is because you have that integration of the video assets which you can interact with because of the way the infrared uh, sensing works and the physical play field in the back you really do get things out of this machine that you can't do on a stern or a jjp and that's a perfect theme to to utilize that screen because weird al is weird of course (laughs) and all that weird stuff that happens on the screen can be utilized really well along with all the great shots that are on the upper play field. What other game are you going to get a mode called Weasel Stomping Day in? Exactly. You can't do a mech with that. That would be very pricey and very complicated. But if you could like hit weasels as they pop up on the screen while you're shooting the ball, that would be really cool. Maybe it does do that. Yeah, well, the idea is, yeah, you're trying to kill the weasels and apparently you're trying to spread mayonnaise on the lawn. 
So yeah, there's, there's just, there's a lot going on there. Sounds good. sounds like a deep rule set too, but still understandable to walk up to it and know what to do because Weird Al explains it to you, which is great. Right. You know, and that's the whole idea, right? With, with a game that has that kind of, uh, that kind of audio video multimedia, you know, to, to say a thing sort of, uh, presentation, you are going to get the advantage of, you don't have to look up at the display and try to figure out what you're doing while the ball's whizzing around the play field. It's going to grab the ball. It's going to stage the ball, but then the play field's actually going to become the stage where Al can come out and say, okay, great. Now you're, you know, you're trying a case in court, you know, and these are the shots that you want to hit, you know, to win your case and collect evidence. And uh, this is the thing that you want to do to stomp all the weasels. This is the thing you want to do to save your patient or kill the germs. It's super cool. I really like that. It's mode based, but you feel like you're a part of a story. You really are immersed in the narrative of the game which I always love those kind of games. It gives you that, that wow factor of, wow, I'm actually the character helping Weird Al out, you know, kind of thing. Or are you, you're not Weird Al, you're like kind of like helping curate the museum. Is that what the idea is? Weirdly enough, it's like the museum's a framework. Okay. So I think the museum is more just the delivery, uh, delivery vehicle for shenanigans. Okay. So basically you're a visitor to the museum. To right. the different exhibits. Right. Okay. And, and as, as you're, as you're walking around the museum, you're, you're playing the different modes. And as you're playing the different modes, I mean, and again, it's, it's really, really strange because if, if I had to pick one thing about this game, that's probably the weakness. It's that there's really not much of a narrative. Okay. It's not, so a, it's, not. it's not a music. Well, I mean, there's a framework and I mean, mm-hmm. I'm supposing there might be some sort of narrative, but I think that more that what's going on is, as you go through the museum, think of it kind of like Adam's family. Like okay. where as you go through the mansion and you do all the different, all the different rooms, each different room is a different mode or a different reward. And then after you go through all the modes, there's like a tour of the mansion. Well, it looks like at the end of, of Weird Al, once you've gone through all the different songs, there's like a tour of the museum where you sort of do them all at once. And I don't know how many balls it is, but I've heard that you're supposed to install 15 balls in the game. Wow. So I bet it's going to get wild. Which will set a new record because the previous record is 13. 13. Negative. The previous record is already 15 and that's in heist. Oh, that's right. Heist Heist has a 15 ball multi ball. Have you spent any time on heist yet, Mark? No, because it broke down. Unfortunately, they fixed the crane and now it's back. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I, I can't run, get past the modes. I'm trying, but I just I I need to play it more. And that's what I would do is really just I've only played a couple games of heist. I know Spencer played a couple games of heist. Yeah. Um, I feel like more than anything, heist is the game that up until now gives you the best possible P3 experience. And sort of shows you the difference, you know, where, where, and I don't want to say the difference between it and real pinball, but let's say it and traditional pinball, where you're, you will start to see the potential of the platform, even aside from the swappability, because I already know that it's like, I'll get, I'll get Weird Al and I'll definitely buy Heist somewhere down the road because that game is super cool. 
And I mean, I'll probably end up with that cosmic kart racing or something like that. But I mean, my game's going to spend 99% of its time as Weird Al. But as long as the the one game has the compelling gameplay experience that you want and the level of, of mechanical interactivity that you want and the kinetic satisfaction that you want, it'll be worth the <laughs> 11k right like let's be honest the entry-level price if you don't already have a p3 is eleven thousand dollars which is a lot that's a lot of that's money lot. that's that's le money right right for a not le that's just for the standard but you know once you're once you're in the platform you can make your money back to an extent by expanding and you know then you can buy games for three thousand dollars a piece which is you know less than half price of what you're paying right now for a stern pro Right. So a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, Weird Al itself looks super heavy duty. And uh, I'm really, really excited. And I've I've already uh, I've already started making the sacrifices. But, uh, you know, I, I know that it's going to be uh, I know I'm going to have to give up a lot to get it. But I think that once I have it, I'll be extremely satisfied. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Press Start get theirs. We have another local buddy who's getting it, you know, a little bit sooner than I am. So I'm sure they're going to be around to playing and I fully encourage any of my pinball friends to buy one. Take this, take this weird trip with me because it's got head to head online play now, probably not through weird Al, maybe who knows, but there is some head to head online play now. So we can, we can play over the internet. I dare you. I dare you. Bill quality is really good. Yeah, I know. I know (laughs) it's uh. It's a little out of my price range, unfortunately. I just sell Hot Wheels now. Yeah, I can sell Hot Wheels and then just pay the difference. Yeah, that'll, that'll, get, that'll get you halfway there. That's true. It for, would. for a one pin man like you, it's probably the right thing to own. Yeah, you're right about that because I have no space. <laughs> so true. You got to get a basement, man. What? Yeah, so that's that's easy. Start digging. <laughs> yeah, I did not. Uh, you know what, man? I thought it was awesome. Well, you know, one thing I thought was really cool. I saw a photo still later. I think it was later after the stream. Yeah, it was. Um, where they showed the inside of the topper. Nothing looks like an old fashioned, uh, mechanical clock or something. There's a lot of stuff in there. Um, man, you know, the, like I can see myself playing it. And like you said, just being completely immersed in that world, man, with the music I mean, you know, you got the UHF camera with a ball lock and the camera moves. Hello, JJP. You know, um, there was a shot across their bow with Wonka. They could have done something similar. It would have been really cool. Um, it, it it takes pictures, but it doesn't move and lock balls and stuff, you know. Well, yeah, I got to it does have an Oompa Loompa. You got me there. But you, you see my point. I mean, it's like, that is so cool. And, and you know, you want that mechanical wizardry magic. You know, like I said, you see you see the video of the Jurassic Park with Al's head from Al, the Alapalooza album. And you're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, um, yeah, man, there's Weirdly so much cool enough, stuff. as prominently as that dinosaur is pictured, mm-hmm. the Jurassic Park song is not in the game. Yeah, isn't that weird? Is that, right. that is weird. Maybe they couldn't get it's the rights not, to it or something. Probably, or probably yeah, probably licensing. Yeah. And do they show any clips of mu- uh, music videos or no? I'm assuming probably not. Uh, as far as I know, they don't show any live action clips. 
but I okay. think some of the gameplay material is taken from some of Al's animated videos. Yeah, okay. he, and he also had an animated Saturday morning cartoon show on for like one or two seasons. It was a live. Right, action. He did. It, was, it was a live action. The Weird well, Al show. It also had a, yeah, it also had animated stuff like the opening sequence was animated. Yeah, that, and, that, uh, yeah it was. Yeah, that's uh, not that's not related though. Okay, but I mean, I mean, and then you have you have UHS stuff to work from. There's a there's a huge body, and you just do you know he's doing the callouts. It just God, I can't wait to play it, man. I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to play it. Uh, Jason is was down there at TPF, and he said the line was so long he didn't even get a chance to play it because oh, he didn't want to wait. It it was very crowded at TPF. Well, they had very a lot crowded. of games though, didn't they? They had like five or six lined up. They had only two. Only two. Okay, I saw a lineup. Okay, I, okay, that's what it was. I saw a lineup of multimorphic stuff. Yeah, they had a good lineup of the actual platform okay. of all the machines. Got it. But they only had two weird owls there. Okay. Uh, the LE and the uh the standard. Oh okay. yeah, I think all they right. had like uh another new standalone game that's not even like available yet. They were just sort of, you know, again, the idea behind P3 is it's a platform. Right. So, right. you know, it wouldn't make any sense to go, okay, here's 30 weird owls. It's just like, hey, look, here's your weird owls, but you could also have this and that and the next thing. And I think that one of the games they had was like a head-to-head game. Gosh, what was the name? I forgot. They showed on the stream, and it actually has like a uh, like a chasing light around the side of the cabinet. Looks like a oh, redemption wow. machine. It's pretty. It's pretty sick. Why don't we move on to uh, the next topic, and then yeah. if you come back, you can just jump back in any time with it. I mean, because Dan did a really nice overview, and I really don't have anything to add to that. Just you know, coming to Dan's when he gets his, you know. Um, Haggis breaks their silence on Fathom remake. They, uh, you know, they've been real quiet for a while, and they just last week or so, week and a half, they released a video. They go through uh, the system of uh, the Fathom. I believe the Mermaid Edition wasn't it, Dan, with the lighting and all that. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. We talked about that last week. Um, you know, and and so you know, they're they're. Uh, it looks like they're gearing up to get ready. They're still they're still making and uh, shipping um, their first game, Celts, which it looked pretty cool when I first saw it. But I'm kind of surprised people are still buying it because they're going to be putting out Fathom. But anyway, um, so they're, they're fixing to to get that on the line and get it going. Um, and you know, in spite of all the the hurdles they've had for the last year, like everybody else has had for the last year plus. So right. uh, here's hoping they can. And they and they're asking for money now. And from what I understand, it's a non-refundable uh, deposit or whatever. So um, I hope this works out for everybody. I hope everybody gets their games. And I hope they're awesome. From what I heard, I think Reno will be getting one hopefully in June or July. That's the hopeful target date. Is that a Mermaid Edition or a Standard? Mermaid Edition. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, and for anybody that might not know what the Mermaid Edition is... Um, they're remaking the 1981 Bally Fathom game. They're making a standard edition where they're just basically doing a, a reproduction of the original game. They're making it a mermaid edition, which has extra features, uh, extra display, I believe, uh, extra sounds, extra like call outs, deeper rule set. It's got a little video monitor where the rule card would go in the apron. Um, it looked like it had a pretty good live show, some other stuff going on. So if you're really into Fathom, which is a beautiful game, um, if given the choice of, of, of two, I would always take Centaur 
hands down, personal choice. But Fathom is a gloriously beautiful game. And one of the classics of the Valley class of 81. If you're not aware what that is, look it up on the Internet Pinball Database. Just some of the best games ever created in pinball were created by Valley in the year 1981. I was thinking about doing a retrospective on that. I mean, maybe a down the road, another episode. But uh, that's pretty cool looking, man. I, you know, I, getting more of these out the door to people is never a bad thing because there's more people that maybe never played the game before are going to be able to be exposed to it and get a chance to flip it. I wasn't too impressed by the stream. I mean, I'm impressed that it exists. And it looks it looks beautiful because it's Fathom. And Bet Fathom's a gorgeous game. And I think that's... That's kind of Fathom's strong point. Uh, the color changing lighting is is always cool and always striking. You couldn't hear the sound super well. Maybe it was just, you know, my setup. But I just, you know, it felt, it just felt kind of cheesy. Like it felt like somebody took a, a classic game and and put sounds and music that didn't belong in it on there. Like I would rather that my Fathom sounded like Fathom. I mean, so they did have gameplay video. Oh, yeah. They, they had quite a bit. They had the designer and uh, one of the other dudes were were jamming out on it. And uh, I think it's still up on YouTube. You guys can check it out. Uh, you know, I was like, OK, you know, this is we're seeing. And again, just sitting there running through the attract mode and everything looks great. It looks like a fathom uh, that's been gussied up. You know, it's got that that LED punch. And again, with the color changing GI, that's always very striking. I know some people love it or the color changing inserts. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Uh, I think that they're pretty cool. Uh, and, I'm, you know, I'm not a traditionalist, I don't think. You know, I like I like technology and I like I like new things, but it just felt like the the new sound effects and, and the music, the music especially just was not super good. Interesting. And, and what about the rule set? Could you tell anything from that or did it seem like it was very half baked? I mean, I didn't I didn't glean what the new rule set is. Um, and I mean, I didn't I'm I wish I'd paid closer attention to uh, see if he really discussed it in depthly. I, I mean, he like was five minutes of it. So, you know, he was he was shooting around. And I mean, there's definitely going to be some rules there. Uh but at the same time, it's like while you do have a a LCD display, it's not like it's a big part of the the cabinet. You know, it's it's down where the rule card is. So I can't imagine that they're going to be able to throw incredibly sophisticated rules at you that they can't, you know, do more than just explain with a call out or two. Right. You know, because you're not going to be able to read on on the screen, you know, unless you just happen to be staring down there at that moment what to do. Um, you know, I, I'll give that project. I mean, I've given the project the benefit of the doubt from the beginning. You know, I'm, I'm excited that there's a company that's like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna put our money where our mouth is and we're going to make some old shit. You know, we're going to make, we're going to make fathoms and then who knows, maybe we'll make centaurs. Maybe we'll make, you know, flash Gordons. Maybe we'll make this, maybe we'll make that. Um, but yeah, the, and the presentation, uh, looks great. You know, again, it's it's a gorgeous game. You couldn't lose. Just, you know, keep it looking like Fathom and uh, you're going to be just fine. Uh, like, I just hope that they that they do more work on the audio. Interesting. 
I'll have to watch that. Where did you find that? Is that, is it on the Haggis YouTube channel? Yeah, I think you just okay. you, YouTube Haggis Fathom. I bet you'll find it in a second. All right. I'll have to check that out because uh, I've been out for a week on vacation, so I haven't done anything that much. Well, kind of did pinball related when I was there, but not uh, browsing the interwebs. So where did you go on vacation? Uh, I went to Palm Springs uh, oh, in nice. Indian Wells and went for the tennis tournament oh, okay. for the uh, Parabao Open in uh, Indian Wells, the famous, uh, they call it tennis paradise, but saw the best players in the world and had great seats. Thanks to my mom and uh, really had a great time watching all the greats. It was really neat. A great experience to be able to see it live because TV is good, but uh, there's nothing like seeing it live uh, in person, just like any other sporting event. Right. Right. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. Haggis it's Haggis update, Haggis pinball on YouTube and it's Haggis update seven days ago. So it was one week ago. So yeah, you can find okay. it. And then, I hate uh, to get back on the subject, but, uh, what, what were they charging for these, re, uh, the fathoms again? I, uh, that slips my mind. I want to say eight grand, but I think it was eight. I think, I think so. it was 8,000. Yeah, $8,000. Yeah. yeah. I can look it up. Even at the standard level, or was that just for the Mermaid Editions? I think that's Mermaid Edition. It's eighty nine ninety five for the Mermaid. For the Mermaid. Okay. What's the standard? Yeah, that's from Nitro Pinball. Uh, classic Edition seven thousand one hundred thirty dollars and seven cents. Uh, okay, so 70, 71, 7200. So they're right in there around yeah, Stern Pro MSRP, pricing. Yeah, we're going to say 7100. That's the classic edition. You know what? That's right in line with what a really high end restored Fathom's going for these days. I think that's right. probably Pretty right close. along the lines of what a basic restored Fathom goes for. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure a really high end restored <laughs> Fathom's oh, over 10000 bucks I'll go, easy. I'll go, ahead, I'll go ahead and throw this out because Dan, I don't even know if you know about this, Mark, but Dan was having fun. Uh, at my expense and I had it coming. I'm not going to deny that. So about a month ago, I, I just, I wanted a newer game and I'm like, well, you know, I've got too much. Like I just had a tree removed uh, from my backyard, which was literally splitting in half. So I had to have it removed. So that was like half the cost of a new stern. So I was like, I just got in my head. It's like, I really want to keep, really want to keep him up, but I really want something newer. Cause all, you know, all my games are really old. They're great games and I love them, but they're old. So I throw it because you guys have seen my pinball. It's super, super nice. It's really one. Of, it's one of the nicer ones out there, especially with the original plate build. So I put it up for crazy money and like six grand. I just got lamp pasted. Now, here's some guy with one not nearly as nice as mine for nine grand. Not he's not getting lamp pasted, but it's like, hey, now look, mine's a bargain. <laughs> I, I, I just, I took the ad there. I'm saying, you know what? And I thought about it and me and Dan and Dan to Dan's credit. He's like, look, dude, I, I know you want a newer game. That's cool. But you know what? You've got such an awesome lineup. And I'm like, you know what I do? I'm not letting anybody, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just like to the point where if I get a newer game down the road, awesome. And if I don't, you know what? I've got a great lineup. Why am I worried about it? I can go out on location and play, you know, just, I can go to shows. It, it just, I'm not going to let it affect me anymore. I'm just going to enjoy what I have and, and just, you know, and be happy with it. Um, and I think that's a problem today is like, 
there's a lot of newer people in the hobby and they're just, you know, and they've got unlimited money and they're just throwing money at games. And all the older guys are like, you know, oh man, I can't afford new games anymore. It's just getting crazy. You know what? Just keep what you have, keep it fixed up, fix it up, trade it, do whatever, but just enjoy it, man. I mean, I get more, the game I literally play the most is my Flash Gordon. And you guys, well, I don't know if Mark's, Mark, I don't think you've seen it. Dan's seen it. Dan's played it. Dan helped me work on it. Um, it's got wear on the playfield, but it's not as, as, as original playfields go. It's actually pretty good. But the thing plays like butter. I mean, it just plays so damn good. So anyway, that's my little rant of the day. So, you know, for anybody out there that feels like, ah, I can't afford a really new game or, you know, I want more new games or whatever. You know what, man? If you got a game or more in your house, you're doing great. Just enjoy, just enjoy pinball. Just have fun. Invite somebody over, play, and have a good time. That's or just, you can sell all that crap and buy a seventy-two hundred dollar fathom. Or you could, you, right? You could, you which, could. You know, there like, you go. Just do it. Buy, just, sell all your stuff, and buy an old game that's actually new. That's but really, it's, but it's still old. Again, I, li- I like fathom a lot, and it's a beautiful game. But as gameplay goes, I've always preferred. Um, Centaur, just personal choice. Yeah, know? but you can get you can spend seven thousand dollars and buy a fathom. You can you can do that. You're you're you should be selling them. So it's new should, old. It's it's new old. It's, yeah, it's new old. old. Yeah. But you know you what? You can buy yeah. an old, old game. You, 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 <laughs> you get all the advantages of a new game, like you know, it being new, but you get all the advantages of an old game, like it's old oh awesome buy it buy it Uh, i still i still don't understand the sales pitch for a seven thousand dollar fathom to be fair though when i had a fathom i paid five hundred dollars for it and then i traded it for a johnny mnemonic so there you go there you go (laughs) what wasn't that your very first game was uh an old routed heavily routed fathom no my first game was a uh, old, heavily routed Judge Dread. Oh, you had the Judge Dread oh, first, okay. then you had the Fathom. Okay, right. Okay, I bought cool. the Fathom off of some guy's back porch, and then when somebody figured out what I had, they asked me, "What do you want for it?" And even back then, they were going for a couple thousand bucks. And I said, "Look, man, like kind of to your point, Spencer, it's like, look, I just bought it because it was a pinball machine, and I wanted something to play, but I'd rather have a newer pinball machine. So I will trade you for any." working dmd and when the guy came through he had this johnny mnemonic in his truck and i said how about that johnny mnemonic and he was like oh i just bought it and i'm like okay well then i'll just wait for whatever else you're gonna come up with i think it was a doctor who and uh he's like no fine we'll do the johnny mnemonic and he uh he unloaded it and he was happy as a clam and i was happy as a clam and everybody everybody came out fine until years later when I was like, holy shit, I traded a fathom for a Johnny Mnemonic. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At that time, what was a Johnny Mnemonic going for? 1500 oh, I don't know. Yeah. 1, like 1200 1500 bucks. Yeah. And it was yeah. an impossibly nice Johnny Mnemonic. Like I, I ended up trading it off for uh, the World Cup soccer that we still have. Wow. But, you know, some part of me, you know, would love to still have that that Johnny Mnemonic because I always thought that was a real ass kicker of a it's game. A fast game, fast. Yeah, it's, it's quick as a, it's quick as a hiccup. Yeah, it's a great game too. I mean, I think it's an underrated game still. It's a lot of fun. You know, when, I always love playing the one at GSPF. That one's great. Yeah, love that one. That whoever brings it. Yeah, man. Just talking about games. <laughs> hey, did uh, any of you guys? I I did, and I wrote some. I made notes. Um, 
actually did a little bit of homework for this episode. Any of you guys uh, see the results of the Deep Root Assets auction on Friday? We know you did. I did. I, you know, I, I watched it just long enough to get to the important stuff. The stuff people are going to ask about, you know. So uh, we can go through it real quick. Uh, the water bottles, the little stainless steel water bottles with the deep root logo and then the date those uh had 15 bids and they closed at 280 bucks there was a guy on pinside forget his name but he bought those so he's gonna give away a few uh like for charity auctions like pinball auctions and stuff it shows and he's gonna keep a few and probably sell a couple off get his money back you know good for him so your water can taste like failure there you yeah, go. that's what I was thinking. I don't want to leave a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> that's a, we should write tag. We should have a contest, come up with the best tagline for the deep root water bottles. Both of those are epically good, fellas. Um, so I put Lot 47 was a bunch of art and play fields, mostly foam core crap. Fire and brimstone whitewood might have been in there. The thing got 53 bids. It's $6,525. I saw some like artwork look like it looked like prints or posters, like, like they were doing like testing on, for playfield printing. And they were like, uh, uh, uh it's Raza. So, um, I'm not even going to go in order. Maybe I will. And, and bricked games too. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm interested in is what did the games go for? Oh, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. That's coming up. I just, there's yeah. not he's, much here. He's, kinda... he's saving it. He's, he's, he's so he can savor well, okay. the anticipation. Lot, lot 84 had the Goonies Whitewood. With food truck in a food truck cabinet, okay. With food truck was it art. was it actually a Goonies Whitewood? Uh, yeah, because it said Goonies in the middle of the. There's like a lower playfield inset, and then below that, it had Goonies on the actual playfield. Because I do remember that they were talking that they were talking like they had the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they it actually says the Goonies, and uh, and it's still a Whitewood, but it had like a logo like the Goonies on there. If you do a close-up shot of that play field, on the right, on the lower right, there's a three bank of uh, stand-ups. And there's a little sticker on it that says drop targets. I don't know what the hell that meant. I guess it was a place. <laughs> I guess, well, we'll just put this here for now. It's a placeholder, whatever. That's cool. So I had 43 bids, and it went for 852 bucks. So like I said, it was some white wood, some bone core stuff, and some artwork. Lot 86 was the Raza LE. 42 bids and it only went for 5,500 bucks. I uh, went less than what a pinball machine would cost. Yeah, That's but funny. it doesn't work. Like literally none it doesn't of doesn't work. No, it didn't. It, none of the games that worked. Okay. So, that doesn't feel too bad though, right? Because the truth is, I don't think that anybody would expect that these games were going to be, you know, fully working pieces of pinball art, but they are going to be interesting conversation pieces for the the collectors of of rare pinball antiquities because there's there's a very real story behind this so you know <laughs> that's true six thousand bucks there's a I really feel like somebody uh walked away with it yeah there's a real dumpster fires what there is okay so lot let's get forward to well, lot. sure i mean but here's the thing is every interesting pinball machine or pinball title and especially a lot of the expensive stuff there's a sad story behind it or a dumpster fire behind it you know, yeah, like your Lebowski's, your original aliens, um, Big Bang Bar. Right. Uh, you know, those are the games that, you know, when when bad shit happens and games get out in limited quantities because, you know, the company fell apart, you know, Predator. Uh, those are the ones that, you know, are the the true super, super rarities, you know, in pinball. 
you know, everything's rare. You know, 20,000 machines isn't a lot, you know, when there's, true. you know, hundreds of thousands of collectors, you know, and Adam's family is the top seller. You know, if you go to any other hobby and they're like, oh, yeah, we made 20,000 of these. Yeah. You know, people are like fighting in the streets for them. Yeah. Good point. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Raza LE, where there's, you know, one of one, you know, is it's going to go into someone's collection or someone's museum, even if as, as a non-working piece, you know, as a very interesting, uh, very well, interesting see, story. And it's, it also ties back to the what the uh, the the Zidware story, you know, the Magic Girl story. Right. So, well, there was crazy. there was a lot. I'll get to that. There was a lot with two Magic Girl play fields. So, you know, they're still they're still trying to, you know, <laughs> there's that old chestnut. So lot 100. The bullshit was, that would not die. You no know, shit, right? <laughs> lot 100 is the Raza Standard Edition. 57 bids. It went for, wait for it, $16,500. Wow. And more stuff lit up and like the screen looked like it might actually, because it like might actually had something in there that could actually, actually work. And if you haven't been following the story, okay, so apparently there's, there's two or three more of those games floating around because they had two at the show that had no pin bar. Both the ones at the auction had the pin bar. There were two originally that didn't have a pin bar. Now, maybe those two, I don't know, but, um, What's the kid, the nice kid everybody likes over at American Pinball now? Bowden. Bowden, Steve Bowden. Well, he had to have one working from his home because with COVID, they're doing all their work at home. And he was he was putting up a video every couple of weeks about the rule set and what he was doing with it. So he has to have one. The entire story behind Deep Root is... is- a you movie know. in the making. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sex, lies, pinball, deceit, drugs, I really, I really don't and want, J-pop. I really don't want any of that to happen because I don't want because people know that like they're not into pinball, but they know I am because I don't want to have to go into the long explanation of like, oh, wow, yes, you do. Wow, are pinball people really that stupid? And I just have to go. Some some of them are. Yes, some of them are. Uh, in spite of all the <laughs> all the severe warning signs and the massive red flags, you know, the the you know, the Boy Scouts out on the tarmac waving big red banners going, go back, go back, don't land here. <laughs> it's like not safe. Um yeah, but anyway, so uh yeah, so it is what it is, man. So somebody's got a really big, really heavy, really expensive paperweight with some really shitty artwork. I'll say it. That was absolutely 100% plagiarized from big bang bars artwork. So, um, you know, you guys can debate. Oh, I never thought of that. Look, you're, go, you're right. go look at the pictures. The, you're the, so right. The font, the font of all the, the, the letters, everything it's, it is so badly plagiarized. I'm really surprised that the artist whose name I forget, uh, the did big bang bars, not suing. Because, well, probably because, you know, having to deal with deep roots nonsense, just not worth it. But it's absolutely just stolen. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Well, you know anyone who has those games, right? Like, they're just, they're going to keep it on the DL. Like, there's no point, like, there's no point in busting out right now and being like, look, I have one. Because, you know, technically, they're probably still property of the company. Yeah, they don't and, need to, uh, yeah, they don't want the grief and I don't blame them, you know. Well, no, um, I mean they probably want to keep the game because if you think about it, if you do have one of the working ones, when all this cools off and you know, what's his name is, you know, chilling in prison, uh 
you know, they have, you know, one of those, one of those pieces, like a skit B predator, you know, that's just like, I shouldn't have this, but I do. What's it worth to you? Oh, 50 grand more. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're going to be the high end hot collectible, you know, for when one of the 30, you know, American pinball magic girls just isn't enough. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, have, I have a deep root Raza. <laughs> right. Lot 58 was more play fields, two magic girl play fields, and then like a play field that was uncut or it was just like a, again, another weird early test, you know, piece where they were trying to print the play fields for uh, Raza and a bunch of boxes of random shit. That had 45 bids and went for 3277. Uh, lot 89 was four pinball cabs. They were just like junked out old cabinets. Like they went for $8,000. And one of them had, I think, the food truck art. And I think one had the food truck play field in it or an early, you know, Whitewood of it. And then we had lot 90 with five pinball rotisserie carts, 41 bids at $1,275. Five rotisseries. How many games they said they were going to have per year? Yeah, wow. whatever. Yeah. I am just, I'm appalled. I'm appalled by everybody all, is. Everybody all their is. promises and they were just a complete scam. And I was, I'm a very optimistic person and I was like rooting for them, <laughs> pun intended. And man, hey, hey, wow. Did I get duped? You know, even, um, Iceman who was, you know, he's a Texas boy, um, longtime supporter, and even after they really were just treating him like garbage and he was getting, he was calling their lawyer going, Hey man, I was told I'm a you know, early adopter. I was told anytime I'm in the area, I live in the area. I could come and get a tour. And I've asked for that. Now I'm being threatened with lawsuits. The hell is this BS? So wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it got ugly. So, he, but he was still in. I'm like, dude, he goes, I got to support the local guy, man. I got to see this. Through. So he went cause he's close by. So he went to the auction and he posted about it. And he's like, looking at it now and looking at being able to see it all. And that's what it was. You know, he had heard everything. He'd seen all the postings. He knew the truth. Right. But then it wasn't until he saw it with his own eyes where he in it, it all hit home. Like, oh, geez, Louise, what a complete, absolute dumpster fire. Like, it's really funny. The theater, <laughs> they, they built that whole theater, right. With like, I don't know, like 200 seats or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, for the campus. And it's like those seats went, you could buy like 12 of them for like 60, 70 bucks. Like they went for under a hundred bucks, like theater seats with the little cup holders, you know, yeah, and just, sure. you know, and some of the stuff went like, why is he, why are you bidding so much on this? You can get a brand new one for that, but it's just weird, you know? And I mean, some really nice leather couches and stuff went fairly good can we go back to the fact that food truck was a real thing (laughs) (laughs) you know what though man think about it junkyard was a real game and i kind of like that game it's quirky and weird and fun um that was that was the ousler game right he had a he had a weird thing for doing those things well you know it's i look at it as the uh, sequel to diner that's kind of what what i was thinking right isn't diner mark ritchie though it yeah, is. it is. It is. It is a Mark Ritchie. Which, That's I'll funny. get to another Barry Ausler news item. Thank you for reminding me. I actually forgot about this in the show notes. American announced that, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, Barry, God rest his soul, had went to work for American. They've got a game he was working on that they say they're going to finish. Oh, that's good news. So oh, he's going to awesome. get, isn't that awesome, guys? He's going to get his one last game out. He's not going to get to see it, but... 
you know, hopefully he knows that, Hey man, we're getting this lot. One more, one more from, you know, Mr. O and, and it's uh, food truck and it's food truck. No, I don't no. know what it is. I have no idea what it is, but you know what? If, if, I mean, cause the guy, from what I understand, the guy was a machine, man. Like he could lay out a play field. I'm like, you know, it's like, it's Thursday at 4 PM. I need something by Friday at five. No problem. I got this. You know, yeah, yeah. Quick. and it's like, here you go. And it's like, holy crap, we could work with this. At the deeper auction, there was also a godly black hole, which everybody said, oh, this game doesn't work. And it went for like, like 1600 or something. I mean, pretty close to what you'd pay for a really nice fully. And, and the cabinet and everything looked real nice. It looked pretty clean. So who knows what's going on with it? And then there was an America's Most Haunted that went for just under four grand, I think, which is a really good deal on an America's Most Haunted. Apparently, that wasn't working either. Who knows what these guys were doing in there? Like, were they robbing parts? Because they were like boxes. Some guys bought boxes. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So you mean to tell me that a Gottlob System 80 and the first spooky pinball weren't working right? No. I know. I know. I mean, it is what it is. So by, by this time I'm tuning out because I got to get back to work. I got calls to make. I got the other stuff I'm working on. So, um, you know, so I, I watched about 30, 40 minutes of the auction to get to the really, you know, the meat and potatoes. But later on, I'm looking at guys, you know, that later on that night and guys who'd been on stuff. And like, there's these huge boxes of like all kinds of brand new parts. And I mean, like hundreds of coils, hundreds of flipper mechs. There were a, a lot brand new never opened boxes with shaker motor kits. And I was like, I saw like, a, I don't know, 100, 150 of them, maybe more. But like they were just buying stuff. It's like, and CNC machines. Okay. And that's the thing. The the people that own the building or the manage it, they wanted all that crap out so they could get it cleaned up and lease the building and make money again. Right. Cause it's a huge building. And so they're like, no, you got to get to, you got like 48 hours or some crazy thing to get all this crap out of here once the auction is done. So there's these huge CNC machines that are, you know, $50,000, $75,000 and people are getting super good deals on them. But it's like, you got to get them out of here today. It's like, what? The, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So imagine trying to move, you know, a 700 pound CNC machine. It's just nuts. It just. Yeah. It's like moving a P3. Yeah, right. Um, if you think yeah. about it, this whole situation with Deep Root Pinball, once you know the entire Deep Root empire was built on lies, it right. all makes a lot more sense because it's just probably a way to explain away all the money he was embezzling. Right. He's just like, oh, man, you know, the pinball, it was just so expensive and we just couldn't make money because we had to buy all this stuff. Look at all these coils. Obviously, we spent, you know, all this money and then, you know, he's going on trips and buying shit with you know old people's retirements and stuff like that so it's so oh it's so it all makes sense so if you bad. think about it if you care enough to go look it up there's this dude on the deep root thread over on Pinside. name of oh he's like a lawyer isn't he i don't like he know. has like all the legal I, documents i don't think he is a lawyer but he's been he's been doing the sleuth work there's him and a couple other guys doing the amateur detective thing and they're good. Blueberry Johnson's kind of been the leader on this and uh, kudos to him and a couple other guys have been, you know, picking at the scabs and going, wait a minute. Hey, you guys know about this? And they're calling, they're calling up like the, uh, um, the sec, you know, and, uh, 
uh, going, do you guys know about this? And they're going, what? You know, yeah, or, or, oh yeah, we know about that already, you know, but some of the stuff they're like, oh really do tell. So there was, <laughs> and then there was one shareholder meeting where the daughter of an elderly couple showed up and she's, you know, saying, Hey, there's this and there's this and there's this. And basically Robert took their money and ran and Robert's just sitting there pleading the fifth over and over, like, like to like, you know, 90 questions, like, well, where's this? Well, where's this? Well, where's this? And all he's doing is pleading the fifth, you know? Yeah. He's <laughs> guilty. Oh, guilty is guilty. Got, yeah. Guilty. Look, I'll say it. And I don't care who knows it. The guy's a piece of shit. Okay. And he deserves whatever is coming down the path to him. And I hope he gets it hard and fast. Hey, look, if you're, uh, yeah, if you're J pop and you walked away from this, you find yourself a hole, you crawl into it and you keep your head the fuck down. <laughs> J pop is there such are, a, there are a, there are a bunch ego. of, is he, he's an there ego maniac. There are a bunch of pinball, uh, pinhead affectionados who are, they're, they're just looking for their next, their next target. And J pops, you know, that guy's got, you know, two and nine tenths strikes. Like he just <laughs> yeah. needs to stay, just stay the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I a agree. shame because I love his games. Don't get me wrong. I mean, World Cup soccer, Circus Voltaire. It's just, it's too bad that. It turned out the way it did, but no, he Spencer, was a talented designer. Yeah, Spencer and I, or maybe it was me and you, we had the same conversation where it was like, J-Pop is definitely a genius in pinball design. He had just a really good grasp of, you know, what makes a game cool, too good of a grasp, because he needed somebody to rein him in. And at Williams, you know, because they'd been making pinball for 50, 60, 70 years, they knew how to do that. Then when he was out on his own, he didn't know how to do that. Nobody else knew how to do that. He went to America and American said, well, this shit ain't going to work. Get the fuck out of here. And he went to deep root and apparently deep root, you know, they got him to make something that was going to be quasi functional, but they were built on a house of lies. So, wow. you know, but it is a shame. Yeah. He's made some great games and everyone loves him. And I still say if some company took a chance on him, you know, they would, they would catch giant heat until he brought something out. And then everybody yeah. would be like, oh, fuck, this is awesome. Because that's just pinball, man. Nobody would right. be like, oh, fuck J-Pop. I don't want his game. They'd be like, well, J-Pop sucks, but, you know, this is pretty cool. So I, I bought the limited edition. There you go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's that's the wonderful world of pinball. And giant soap <laughs> opera for middle-aged men. Um, wow. <laughs> so true. It that is, is, a, it is That is a movie in the making. Like yeah. I said, that could be a movie. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's the results of the deep production. What's going on with that. So somebody got a good deal on a lot of pinball parts. So, you know, um, any machine that those show up in is going to be cursed, right? They're cursed. They're cursed. It makes Activity. me upset, Rick. Are you happy? I'm saying something negative. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, me too. Kind of sorry. Sure, I'm mad. Um, I have so much ire. So anyway, so enough about that stuff. Let's talk about more positive stuff. Uh, TPF, man, Texas Pinball Festival is back this year. And I'm so happy to the, the organizers and the guys that put that on and the attendees because we were talking about this on previous shows. Um all the shows got hit hard, you know, with COVID. 
But nobody took it harder than TPF because when everything shut down in 2020, when the whole world shut down because of COVID, it was literally like a week, 10 days until showtime. You know, the vendors were all set up. They'd already bought their spaces. You know, the hotels were full. They, you know, um, everybody bought their plane tickets and, you know, their dinner tickets and this and that. And, you know, it was ready to go. It was like, we're one week till showtime, guys. We're, you know, eight days, whatever it was. It was literally a week or a week and change. And then, oh, hey, everything shut down. There's no show. Like what? We, oh, we, that's you, just right. we, we, we paid for the convention center. We paid for the hotel. We paid Lou Ferrigno to be here. Whoever the guest was that year. I forget who it was. I think um, it was Sylvester McCoy. Who ended up coming this year, I believe, right? Was, yeah, who who came this year. Yeah, yeah, they caught it directly in the face. Yeah, they took Torpedo right down into the engine room, you know, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that's why, you know, God bless the community for standing up and going, you know what, keep my deposit, I, roll it over to next year. Uh, you know, and, and them selling swag, you know, buy, you know, people not even going to go to the show, but you know what, man, I'll buy a coffee mug. I'll buy a t-shirt. I'll buy a bottle of hand sanitizer. Uh, that became, right. you know, that became a real, you know, must have item. Um, but that's why I was like, I was so glad to see these guys back because out of all the pinball shows and all of them got hit hard, they got the, I mean, they were in the eye of the hurricane, you know? And uh, to see them come back from that stronger than ever, I, you know, I'm just, you know, hats off to these guys and uh, for being able to, to pull through it, make it work and, and, you know, the show going on. So, um, and they were out of, uh, they were, they were out of commission 2021 too. Right. So it was two years in a row yeah, that they couldn't have a right, show. Right. Right. But at least, at Think least about that two years. Yeah. Well, that sounds familiar. Doesn't it? It does sound <laughs> familiar. Right. So, yeah. You know, painfully familiar. But the whole point is, is with 2021, you're like, okay, we know we're not probably not going to have a show like a week before showtime. It's like, yeah, the whole world shut down. We're, there's no show. Oh, that was awful. You know? Well, so, and yeah. look at the big shows that didn't survive, you know, uh, replay oh, effects and, and, remind me. and Pinberg, oh. you know, didn't make it through this. And, right. and there were a lot of other things that didn't make it. So it, it speaks a lot to the organizers of, of the Texas pinball festival that they had their ducks in a row. They had their finances, uh, you know, in, in a row and they managed to keep their show alive and come back. You know, I watched some of the streams and, uh, some of the other materials and read the reports coming out of it. They came back with a vengeance. Apparently it's a heck of a show and uh, you know, it's, it's everything that it was. It's better than expo. I can tell you that right now. It's better than expo. Everybody says that because the games, there were way more variety of games to play. Um, Well, expo's like a trade show. You're right. And this is a trade show. Right. And Texas pinball festival is a festival. Right. You know, and I think that that's one thing that we always forget, you know, it's like I think the pinball hobbyists co-opted Expo. And, you know, I mean, to an extent, like how much how much new pinball news and industry, you know, announcements and dinners and stuff can you have in such a tiny industry? But I think that we sort of co-opted and think that this is what it's supposed to be. And Expo's sort of like, well. Kinda, but really we're just sort of a, a, a small trade show and a, a small, you know, tournament or a good size tournament now. And, you know, 
they get all the big announcements. Expo's, so Expo's right. still the original, and it holds that place. Yep. You it's know? still and in it Chicago. It's still in Chicago. Yeah, and it, and it yeah that's will. true. And it, it, it's like, the, like I said, it's the industry show. And, and you know, the, the aficionado, the fan can go and enjoy it. But it's an industry show where... And a lot of people go there because it was like it... I mean, the thing that's amazing, like you said, Dan, is it it continue where it left off as far as the attendance for Texas or for Expo for Texas, for Texas. Yeah. It was just, there was just so many, I, when Jason was there uh, along with Kevin and John from Fallon, they were there and they said it was packed with people, which is great to see that happen. But then sometimes that's not so fun either when you got to wait in line for every single game you want to play. But um, I'm happy for them. And uh, they had a great tournament. You know, they had the classics tournament and they had the, uh, the wizard tournament. And it looks like it was in a better room for the tournament, but it's still a cram to me. It's almost like they need another convention hall to have the tournament. (laughs) Did you watch any of that wizards tournament? I did. I watched the finals, man. It looks like they were so engaged. Yeah. Like they were really feeling it. And uh, it was awesome. Like it looked like they had a really, really good show. Plus, I saw Rick standing in the background every time they did a, a crowd shot. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and I saw Jason walking by the camera uh, when they did. <laughs> when <laughs> Jason and Kevin uh, when they were at the Mirko. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so disaster. I watched. I watched. Oh, not the the Mirko disaster. I didn't watch. I didn't watch that. Uh, I watched, there was a lot of live stream of the uh, Marco booth though. And you could see how busy that sales floor, that yes. show floor was. Yes. Yeah. There were a lot of people playing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hopping. But it, as it should be it definitely a place to go. That's a great show. Speaking that, of disasters, do we want to talk about the Twippies? We do want to talk about Twippies. <laughs> Let's we talk do that, about there's, the Twippies. There's a couple of highlights of things I saw at the uh, pictures of Texas Pinball Festival. I thought I just want to kind of bring up. Uh, did you guys see the pictures of the all black and white Adams family that somebody did? Yes, on the side. I did not see the play field, um, but I saw the, the side cabinet. The, it's, it's the same dudes who did the black and white Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. And they did okay. they did the translight. It might have been a backlash. I don't know. I'll say translight. Uh they did it of the old cast from the old TV show. And then like they replaced the uh some of the plastics, like the uh slingshot plastics with the old TV show Gomez. And Morticia Adams. So I, I thought it looked really cool. There was that. And then somebody or somebody's kudos to whoever this was only because it's a cool and unique little piece of pinball history that kind of gets overlooked. Somebody had a complete lineup of working, look like working, a really nice condition of the old Bally Home Edition games. Evil Knievel, Captain Fantastic, Galaxy Ranger, and... Fireball. Uh, Fireball. Yeah. They had a complete lineup. Look, they were all lit up, looked like they were working, and they looked like they were in really outstanding condition. And I think, oh, that's really cool. You know, because they're home edition. The home edition. What makes it different? Uh, it's, it's, so it's it's definitely not a real pinball machine, but it was real enough. If you're a child of the late 70s, like I'm, you know, I was a kid, you know, uh man. I remember looking at those things in like the wish books and just being like, oh, this would be ultimate. They were like, what, 700 
like 500, 600 bucks, something like that. Something like that, like 1970. Which in the 70s, like 77, 78, 79 was like unlimited money. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. I remember seeing the one, I want to tell you it was a Sears catalog. It could have been something else, but same kind of thing, you know, it's like, oh my God. And it was like the, it was like the Fireball Home Edition. Like, you know, it's like, because I, and I, and to this day, I tell this story. I used to tell people this when I was a kid. That's like someday when I'm a, when I, someday when I grew up, I'm going to have my own, I'm going to own a pinball machine, a real one, a real one that takes quarters. And, you know, and the kids in there would laugh at you and like that. And it's like, Hey, you know what? Fuck you. I have four now. And, uh, I've owned what? 17, 18 total. So all the kids, in the was, old, all the kids yeah. over around Rotary Park at the old hood. Fuck you. I own four pinball machines. To to answer your question, Mark, um, it was sort of, you know, it it was simpler and it was probably a little smaller than commercial size, but it was, you know, have, have you got to check out any of the, the Stern home pins? Yes, that's what I was thinking when same you were saying. Thing. Very you know, similar. Think of the, same concept. So, yeah, think of that like 70 style, you know, maybe okay. maybe Got another it. half a notch back. Would it have two or three pop bumpers, actual pop, like actual yeah. valley mechanics pop bumpers, two real flippers. Did it have a spinner? I forget. Yeah, I'm sure it did. It I was essentially like it was one style of game, but yeah, they yeah, like it was the same put, layout. It was the same they layout. They put three or four, four different skins on it. And okay. Got you. Yeah, but it was they was they were heavy duty, man. They were really cool. And as a kid of of the seventies, like it was one of those things that, yeah, short of owning the real authentic thing, like wow, man, you know, you can have a pinball machine at your house. And of course, your parents would look at that and go, like, yeah, maybe someday if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, and, you know. Then then Atari came out, and everybody was like, oh fuck that. <laughs> I need, exactly. I need one of these Ataris. Right, right. Okay, so the yeah, so the Fireball Home Edition is nineteen seventy six. So I'm looking at it now, and uh, so yeah, had two. Had, okay, had uh, one, two, three, four rollovers at the top, and they had it had two spinners, one on the left and one on the right. Two pop bumpers in the middle, upper play field. In the middle of the rollovers, there was a, a single. Uh, stand-up target and then on the side left and right side below the spinner there was another stand-up target in lane out lane and two flippers and then you had a, a bonus countdown so and, and they looked the part they had art that was reminiscent of, of the real thing so yeah yeah it's it's super cool that they had a whole lineup of those there i would i would love for something like that to show up at golden state because i would love just to just to you know every time i see one of those things come up for sale you know, especially when it's reasonably priced, like there's this, this weird, this weird, you know, part of me that's just like, I got to get that. And then the other part of me is just like, are you out of your mind? Like you, you own, you know, dozens of pinball machines or dozen of pinball machines, you know, why, do, why do you need this, this home version? Right. But like, you know, that weird part of you, that's always going to be a kid is just like, I always wanted one of these. Well, the nostalgia, right? Well, I, I mean, never owned sure. one, you know? Yeah. So for me, yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like, wish fulfillment but i know if i got one i would be immediately be like well that's that's cool i'm gonna go play uh pirates of the caribbean now <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty neat though i didn't know that they had home edition pinballs back in the 70s so that was something i learned that's cool yeah yeah it's really cool like i said there was four models there was uh fireball which is the one you see the most 
or around yeah, I'm here. seeing that right now yeah. on, on the, uh, yeah. And then those evil can you want just Yeah. They all have the exact same layout, same features. It was just different artwork. So it was a uh, uh, fireball, evil can Captain um, Fantastic. Captain Fantastic, which had completely different artwork than the commercial game. The home game had artwork reminiscent of the actual album cover. Um, and then um, Galaxy Ranger or Rangers, which was just like their own, you know. I thought uh, the Galaxy Ranger one was like one of the weird, like the Brunswick ones or something. Uh, no, no, no. It was, it was about, well, let, okay. me, let me look it up. Cause I'm pretty sure it was a valid. Well, we probably so. don't need to waste a lot more time on this, but for, for what it's worth. Yeah. We should, we should definitely talk about home Valley home pinball machines sometime. Yeah. Although I don't neat. think, I don't think any of us ever actually owned one. Mm-hmm. Did no, you have one Spencer? Cool. Yeah. No, 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 I never, no, I never owned one. Uh, you know, if I could find the galaxy Ranger, Cause it's got really, no, yeah. Same layout, Valley, but you know what? Really cool. Really, really cool artwork. Like it's got like a cowboy dude with this, a ray gun shooting some kind of weird little green monster. That's really cool. Anyway. Yeah. Let's move on from that. But I thought that was really cool. Cause that's not something you see at a pinball show very often. You know, that's unique. It is. Yeah. It is unique and really cool that they, somebody took the time to procure those and, um, you know, show that piece of pinball history. Keep them so, working. Keep them working, man, because it gotta be hard to keep over. So yeah, let's get on to the twippies. Uh let's go to the highlights first. Can we just do that? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Okay. Uh there's really not much highlights. The, but well, the ahead. two highlights. Okay. Highlight number one was a local boy done good. Our own um, and I'm gonna screw up his last name. So why don't you just help me with it, Dan? Um Abate. Joe, Abate. Joe Abate. Um if you're if you're around Northern California, uh, he's a local route operator. Uh, goes by the moniker on Pinside and other other forums is Ace Jedi. He's a righteous dude. He's just a good all guy. All around righteous dude. All around righteous dude, man. Real pillar of the of the pinball and arcade community. So Joe won a Twippy uh, for the best mod. His mod was the Grogu or Baby Yoda mod. For the Mandalorian pinball, and he won a Twippy for that. Very well deserved. A sweetheart and a hell of a nice guy, and a, a real asset to the pinball community. And his acceptance speech was awesome. I did not see it. I died. I watched yeah. it. It was um, so great and so heartfelt, and you could just see the joy on his face. He was just. I'm so happy for ecstatic, him. Yeah, we all are. Uh, for this recognition because he he went through some crap over this Grogu mod you know pinball loves to tear down its heroes and uh, a lot of people caused a lot of shit Joe rose above every chance that he got uh, made it happen gave it away you know sold it when people wanted to buy it for a reasonable price I saw the work that went into these things firsthand it was not an incredibly easy mod to do and he built every one of them by hand so to anyone who has one, you know, congratulations. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you got one, you know, and and to Joe, I'm glad that he got the recognition that he so richly deserves. And wait till you guys see what the guy's going to come up with next. Like he builds this stuff because he loves it and uh, he's not done. You got to see some of the stuff he's built before that he didn't, you know, put out. He has a pirate's topper that just won't quit. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, he's a big pirate fan. Um, 
Uh, you know, he's, he's ruling the Disney and pirates and big star Wars fan, really just a good dude. And, uh, well, congratulations, Joe. Congratulations, We're so Joe. Happy for yeah. you. you mean ace Jedi is a giant star Wars fan. I know. Right. I know. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was, so, it was so funny. It was like uh golden state, like 2018 and it was the middle of the night. Right. And he's running around. I think he was helping with, uh, the, the nighttime, a pinball tournament, you know, and, uh, he sees me and I'm in, I'm in star Wars sweats, right? I got a, I got a Darth Vader hoodie. They don't match, but they're star Wars. Got a Darth Vader hoodie. And I've got, uh, you know, I don't, I don't dress myself. Rusty does. And uh, I've got a, a sweatpants that got like X-Wings and TIE fighters in battle. It's like, dude, that's rad jammies. I'm like, thanks man. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I need to appreciate those. Um, you guys yeah. are about the same size. You probably could swap. I, I I think he's a little bit taller, but yeah, pretty much. So, but now, you know, congratulations, Joe. Well earned, well deserved, man, and just the sweetest guy in the world. Um, the next one could not be more happy for this gentleman because he's been a just a leader in the pinball community and uh, keeping games going and uh, helping people with their games for so long and, and making wonderful, fun, great videos of gameplay and, and oddities. Uh, and that's Todd Tucky from TNT amusements. There we go. I was so happy to see him win. Yeah. Every, everybody, you know, there's not a person there. So happy to see there's him. Not a, he deserved yeah, it. There's not a person there that didn't go, Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, it's nice Todd. One. No, it was like about freaking time. Yay. Oh, he, got a, go. he got a standing ovation. And like, you know, what a, what a fucking legend, you know, he walks up on stage and he's just like, well, you know, I finally won. I didn't think I was gonna, but I did. And then I don't know. I mean, you probably didn't, but like, there was like an hour long live stream of him walking around the show after with his Twippy, you know, just sort of basking in the glory and talking to people and just being so fucking Todd Tucky that it hurts, man. It was, it was great. And it was just, you know, that if anybody in the world wanted this he did yeah you know like he just wanted it so badly and you know put in the work and and was always himself and he got it you know yeah. always a hard, good dude, hard work man. pays off you know yeah yeah he's been through a lot too i mean he just had what was it a year or two couple years back, he got knocked on his ass. Yeah, he had another heart attack mm -hmm. and uh, and came back from it stronger and better. But yeah, no, there's not, you know, those are two guys right there, you know, Joe and and Todd Tucky that, you know, there's not a person in pinball that, you know, this, this going, yeah, well, yeah, I guess they deserved it. They just, they, you know, it, those are the kind of people you want to see win these kind of things um, because they're, they're just good people, man. And they, and they give, you know, like you, like you said, great Dan, people. they're great people and they give so much back to the hobby and don't ask for a lot in return, you know, very little. I mean, it's the end of the day, you know, right. So they give, they give a lot more than they take. And, uh, and that's, yeah. that's what the world certainly needs more of. Um, and so to finish the recap, Canada won and Godzilla won everything else. Not everything. Apparently they didn't. Well, I, I, they don't even have a topper yet, I guess, for Godzilla. Look, Godzilla somehow won best location. <laughs> <laughs> best location. Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla won rookie, rookie of the year. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, the gosh, only reason Godzilla funny. didn't win best pinball podcast was because he was up against Canada. Well, you know, right. Canada, you know, he's the hardball, man. He asks the tough questions, you know, so he's got that, I was really, he's got that shit on lock. That. And you know what? 
uh, you, Mark and I were talking about it and I was being an <laughs> asshole, but, uh, I got to admit, you know, Canada's acceptance speech was great. You know, he did, he did come out and, you know, preach a message that I'm sure he doesn't follow. Uh, but you know, of, of how pinball is great because of the togetherness and the fan base and the people. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give him I'll give him all the props in the world for that. It was a good acceptance speech and it was kind of neat how he always says, you know, that it's a non-essential item. And then that was a really nice, nice hook into it's really about the people and it is essential to have these toys so we can hang out with these people. So I thought it was really, it was a neat way. Yeah. It wasn't at all condescending or anything. It was, it was very wholehearted and, uh, it put him in a good light. Let's just put it that way. He's he's a, he's a charming motherfucker. He, he's a shock like, jock. You, you, it's what he, you he's, have, he's like the Howard Stern of pinball. Kind right. of. Well, he used to be. He used to be. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have to know that about him. Like he's a charming yeah. motherfucker. Well, and I, I mean, I, yeah. perhaps, he, perhaps I his fatherhood that, is mellowing him. Uh, absolutely. You know, Kane, I think so. Kaneda, I think is, is a character. Uh, I think that we saw some, some Chris Kularis cause I've had some encounters with Chris uh, online, you know, but with Chris where again, you know, Chris is the coolest cat in the world. And then he puts on his, his Kaneda shoes and he's Kaneda and you know, he's Kaneda. He's a different character. Right, you can either accept that and enjoy his content for what it is and realize that the guy behind the scenes is, you know, probably a little bit of that, but not quite as much, uh, and, or let him go. So when you were throwing him props, I was like, Oh, fuck that guy. It's Kaneda. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, looking back on it in retrospect, you know, there's, there was probably, there was probably some, some reality to that. So, you know, good, good for him. Yeah. Uh, he deserves his win. You know, he, Dexit hard work pays off. And, you know, there's one thing that's true about uh, Chris Calaris, man. He he put some effort into it. He's been doing this shit for a long time. Never before has someone who knows so little said so much. Um, and he's so good on the mic. He, I mean, he's just so he's so suave. He's perfect. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, he doesn't say one um in his whole podcast. I don't know how he does that. It's just amazing to me how some of these people can talk and not uh use those crutch words that we do when we're trying to think of our next thing to say. <laughs> well, if we, were, if we were doing this That's weekly, talented. we'd probably be better too. No, not That's really. I, five years, man, and I'm still sucking. But <laughs> <laughs> I just got better equipment now. Um, <laughs> hey hey Hey-o. You know what? But you know what? And that's, I didn't watch. I mean, I, this is literally this year was the first time I watched any and I only watched a few minutes of it. I I don't do award shows as a general rule. Like whatever, you know, like the Oscars are tonight. Don't care. Not going to watch them. I just don't, I just, cause to me, it always seemed like, and again, I'm so happy for the people that did win and, and wish them nothing but the accolades, you know, cause they deserve it. But to me, it's just like, it's like, like, bad high school prom on, on way too much Coke or something. I I don't know. It just, it's just not my scene. You know, it's just not, it's not my scene. I don't do this because I ever want to win an award, which I'm sure I won't. I do it just because it's fun. You know, it's a chance to talk to them all. And and we have our fan base that listens and enjoys it. And I'm glad I can provide them some free entertainment and give them something fun to do in their day. That's it. That's literally it. There's no more to that. No more, no less. Um, and right. people, you know, the, the best reward is when people come and go, I listen to your show, man. I think it's awesome. Or I, you know, I don't hate it. You know, I'm like, Oh, okay. Thanks. You know? And, uh, or when they people offer say, people say that to you, you know what, you know, what's really funny is, is I, I've other than, you know, yeah, production value is a little light. Um, and you know, they're being very kind, 
Um, well, it's gotten much better, of course. Um, but people are like, oh, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, the greatest one is when we do shout outs. And I'm like, I can't believe you, you said my name on, on your show. I'm like, oh, why not, man? You're, you know, you're a pal, you know, uh, you know, we, we get together every year and play pinball to shows or whatever. But, um, yeah, man. So I, I, yeah. I watched a few minutes of it. Um, I, I liked the, I, I caught the, uh, uh, Greg Ferreira's speech, very classy gentleman, had a chance to talk with him briefly, uh, Golden State Pinball Festival. I think 20, it was also 2018. He was there for the Steve Charlotte Award. He was uh, one of the speakers. Really sweetheart of a guy. Um, All right. And, well, and, are, are, are we almost done saying the good stuff? Yeah, well, now, Mike Vinicor. I saw Mike Vinicor. We got to burn this motherfucker. You got to burn this motherfucker down. So, yep. Okay, so no, Mike, shout out to Mike Vinicor. Got to do what the fans want. Trying to be negative, Nancy. There we go. go. <laughs> no, no, but, but Mike Vinicor, poor guy. He kept getting called up there for Keith. Keith Owen. Oh, poor guy. And, and, well, no, it's his, his, the voice was going out. And he's another guy that uh, we had dinner with at the 2019 show. And, uh, him and Tanya Kleist, just two of the nicest guys you never want to meet. Awesome, and both of them. Mike Vinicor, just the sweetest is awesome. guy in the world. I can't there. say negative things no, about no, him. He's, he's, a, he's a good dude, I, and I just kind of—he's a good I, dude. I, I kept seeing him having to go back up there. It's like, oh, the poor guy's voice is going out. I felt bad for him, and he really is genuinely just a sweetheart of a guy and a great ambassador for pinball. So, okay, on to the. What in the fuck were you people thinking? Okay. <laughs> I, and I was, I, I was on a course to not cuss. I was kind of like, I'm not going to say the F word tonight. I'm not going to do it. And they're like, well, blew that out of the water. So, but seriously, whoever, whoever engineered the Twiffies, what the fuck were you people thinking? It had a worse fucking sound quality than our show. The sound <laughs> was not good. I don't know what was the deal. I don't, they should have used compressors on the mics. Uh, I just, I don't understand what happened. I was very disappointed with the sound, especially right in the beginning when the, the, the I, I think he was from one of the European streams or whatever. And he was like getting the crowd hyped up and it just sounded distorted. Like you would not believe it was, it sounded horrible on my TV. I was like, what is going on here? I was thinking, okay, they're going to fix it. And part of the thing is, okay, you got to have your mic a little further away from your mouth when you're speaking into it. It just was cringeworthy. It was, oh my gosh, it was something else of, I don't know what the deal was, but there was no sound check and it just did not sound good at all. And it, and it was sad because it wasn't just the beginning. It was throughout the whole show that the sound was just the, it was just peaking like you would not believe in it being a sound person, not necessarily an engineer. Cause I'm not professionally trained in it. You're our engineer, sir. I'll tell you something that was pretty bad as far as hearing the, the, the distortion when somebody came on the mic, it was just, Oh, it well, then, just did and then not they were sound supposed good. to have video and they didn't have the video queued up. The video was not the right <laughs> level. It's and, like, and then they put the wrong one. And then I don't know if this was a plan or not, but one of the uh, hosts from the Mystery Pinball Science 3000 show came up there and he thought he was winning the award. It might have been a joke. It, it, it could have because I saw them laughing in the background. Yeah. But, but, it still just was weird. Like, okay, I guess that's kind of funny, but 
then it kind of went south when they didn't even have the right category with the card that he was holding. Yeah, yeah. And so well, and that then, was that was ridiculous. And then it's like, oh, this is now the Lyman Award. Like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, that was not cool and too. That, I didn't it's like, like that. Is that a joke? That, it's it's like yeah the best rules and then it just just the way it was delivered it, it, it just was, didn't sound or the constantly talking over the videos that was not okay who was the like, young you lady you never do that you never do who, that who was the oh, young you never lady repeat. Emoto. it was a moto a moto i've heard the name who is she she is a, a pinball personality from Marco, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I knew she. And like she, she, she does the media. She does the editing. Okay, with the video okay. And and she, stuff and like she's that. been on podcasts and stuff. And yeah, okay. yeah, she's been on podcast, and she's the nicest person in the world. But she's kind of what Antoinette used to be, the the big Mohawk lady. Yeah, yeah. I still, I yeah. still, I follow her on Instagram, so I still see her post stuff, and I, I miss her being in pinball as much because she's just, she's just neat, you know. Yeah, she yeah. was really cool. And it was even a tough but, night for Jack Danger. Yeah, you he know, seemed who, he who seemed doesn't have very many game. tough nights. It, I, I respect the effort. I respect that they tried to do something uh, above and beyond, but they really, really needed to to run through it, get everything set up. I mean, if they're going to have presenters, the presenters need to know what they're doing. If they're going to host, they need to they need to host when they're supposed to host and fade into the background where they're not supposed to host. I was going to say that, Dan, you're totally correct about that. It just, that it whenever somebody so accepts bad. an award, you don't laugh and make jokes and do things in the background that totally distracts the audience, especially for a stream, but even a live audience, you'll see that the whole time. But when you're framing it, you want to frame it at the podium, not the whole stage. And you could see them sitting on the, you know, standing on the side where they were talking and joking around. It just really made it look unprofessional. And the other thing that I noticed too is I didn't see the chemistry. There was just a very, very obvious awkwardness that it just didn't seem to blend together. I don't know what it was, but it just seemed like they did a great job trying to just brush it off and make it through. But if that happened to me as hosting it, I would have been devastated with those things not working right. See, I felt like I felt like almost the opposite. I think they knew it was going wrong and yeah. just continuously going wrong. And so it just got more and more awkward. <laughs> yeah. And they just and they just they just power through. They're just like, well, if we get through this next segment, that's just one step closer to the end. I mean, I can't say that for sure. And, you know, again, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to bury him for the effort, but yeah, no, I'm not going to bury him for the effort. Hard. It was hard to watch. I'm glad I did. It was difficult to watch. I'm glad I did yeah. for Joe and I'm glad I did for Todd. Uh, you know, Todd Tucky seeing him win was, was a highlight. And, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, our, our personalities got honored. It was great for the whole Sylvester McCoy showing up and doing a skit. Although, I think a Dalek showed up. We didn't really see. Um, but yeah, wow. That was just for the centerpiece of the show. That was tough. <laughs> yeah. So my question for it, was he like the original Doctor Who that we saw like on PBS? Or He was, was this... the seventh Doctor. He's actually the main okay. one featured on the machine. He's like, the one featured on the machine. Like Did he, he do the call outs yeah, too? Yes. Okay, because when I heard him on there, I was like, he sounded just like the callouts on the Doctor Who yeah, machine. It, it, that that game came out like I think right during or after his generation as the Doctor, 
And then was it he's the seventh or the eighth? I think yeah. he might have been the eighth because right after that, they, no, he was the seventh. The eighth was in a TV movie. The ninth was the guy who was on there forever. Tenant or it was Eccleston. He was on for a season. Then the tenth was the one who was on there just forever. He was super popular. But yeah, you know, okay. so it was he was an authentic, honest, and the God doctor. That's awesome. You know, that was pretty cool to have a celebrity there. That was neat. Yeah. And he he did he, better than John like Reese Davies time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is uh, when we saw the video clips, those were pretty well done, but there was no sound as far as music to accompany the voiceover. And we know Mark Silk did the voiceovers. It's either that one or the one that we don't know who it is, but she has that British accent that sounds really good. Um, In fact, I think she's on a call out on Iron Maiden, if I'm not mistaken. She sounds like the same person, but that was weird too. Like there was no music when they were announcing the nominees in the video. There was just like silence. And then when there was talking over the video, that's when I was like, okay, this is not okay. Yeah, I I know that was really bothering you. Yeah, it was really bothering me. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. I like I said, I'd never watched him before, and I was like, "You guys were, you know, you guys were texting, you know, on our our group text," and I'm like, "Well, where is it?" Because I like I looked on YouTube, and you know, I don't see it. I'm like, no, man, it's yeah. on Twitch. I, oh, okay. So I went on Twitch, and it was like, like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm like, is this is this a joke? They're like, no, man, this is the show. And I'm like, okay. And you guys were just, you know, ranking on it. And then like, all right. It's like, I, I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm leaving. And then I came back right in time to see uh, Greg Ferreras give his speech. And I'm like, all right. So I stayed for a bit of that because I like Greg. And he's a good dude. And his speech was pretty cool. And, you know, but I just... I, I'm not an orchard. It was anyway. not well organized. And that's just the bottom line. And and maybe, you know, I can't fault Jack or Amoda. Their job was as hosts and they did the best they could. Yeah, they um, were game. Yeah. They were game. Yeah. It's not it's not easy. You know, I mean, having got no, it's not I, easy. I got up in front of no. people and and hosted an awards dinner myself, and I'm gonna be doing it again soon. It's not easy. Uh get, no. doing a podcast. Get up, grab a mic. Because every podcast will tell you this. You know what? You know what? It's like, you think it's easy? Grab a mic by yourself because I've done shows by myself and go. And it's not easy. It's awkward. Oh, it's, it's it, awkward. It, it's, it, yeah. So, you know, content yeah. is content. I mean, but we got to make a little fun of it. And I'm sure, you know, the people are going, oh, God. It, it, it is humorous. <laughs> oh, God, it that's funny. Go I mean, they go somewhere back there in the back behind the stage that night. I'm sure there was somebody having a laugh going, oh, God, that didn't go well, did it? Yeah. You know? I mean, we can laugh it off. It's a pinball award show. So, so be it, you know. But then when you compare it to the one that was done, I think it was 2018. And I was actually live uh, watching that for the Twippies. That was the first one at Texas Pinball Festival. Contrast, though, you see the contrast between them and it's like night and day. It's very interesting to watch. And that was Zach Manny so, and Greg Bone, right? Yeah. Now, and Manny they showed and up. Greg I Bone. did see them show up in the Godzilla costumes. That was kind of. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I liked that how they were in costume. That was neat. That was cool. But th- there's chemistry. They're just, and there wasn't chemistry on the, the, when you watch the stream that was done uh, before they had the live show. And I think it was Jack and it was Emota that did it too. And they were like recorded it in separate, basically separate cities. <laughs> and then they put it together into one video. It 
it just didn't have the chemistry. That's what I'm, that's what I was missing. I didn't see the chemistry. I don't know. That's probably what you think too, right, Dan? I'm Lack sure, of chemistry. I'm sure Emoto is a lovely, lovely person in person. She was really, really rough on the show. Like yeah. she, she brought it down a lot for me. And, uh, you know, like I said, usually Jack, you know, Jack is absolutely the best there is at what he does, but you can see that it wasn't going right. And he was, uh, he was trying to hold it together the best that he could, you know, congratulations on him for winning, by the way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But, uh, so it was, good it, effort, was it was rough, like, not well executed. Well, you know that's yeah. all yeah. I can say. Next year, you know, and incidentally, Spencer, when you host, you get lucky because we're usually pretty drunk by the time you start. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They're like, here, stand out in the sun and drink all this beer and wine. <laughs> all right, now go in here and listen to this guy talk. <laughs> that's great. You know, I haven't, uh, I haven't. Spencer, you did a good job though. When I was at the, uh, at the dinner that at Golden State, that you did a good job. Oh, thank you. With, uh, um that was with a pinball pirate yeah right yeah that was yeah chris, 20 chris, chris Coons? Coons. 2019 right? yeah chris Coons. yeah yeah you did a good job oh, there. thank you yeah but it's hard it's hard to do that i've never done an emceeing thing so <laughs> count me out on that yeah well you know so I, anyway I, I, good effort from them yeah. and you know it is what it is but better, better luck i'm just being honest and stating the facts <laughs> and if people want to hear negativity there you go. <laughs> there folks. you go. We got yelled at for not being negative enough. We're not actually yes. being for too positive. So, well, that's that's basically the. We come the, not to praise the Twippies, but to bury them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Now, but Godzilla definitely, definitely earned all those awards because that game is so good. But there just wasn't any other competition against it, and we knew that. We we're like, oh yeah, game of the year done, right. and it swept. It swept everything. Yeah, Mand- Mandalorian and Halloween didn't stand much of a chance. Well, I wonder nope. what's gonna what's gonna happen this year. You know, because right now we got uh, we got Rush. Yeah, Rush and <laughs> Rush, uh, Rush and whatever comes next from Stern. <laughs> Weird and- Al, Weird Al, Rush and Weird Al. Yeah, yep. Weird Al. That's about it. Should be coming now out. If and- Ellen comes out with another game, and if it's the rumored one of Back to the Future, game of the year. I mean, it's just given. I really see a very unlikely situation to have a dud from Alwyn. It's not going to happen. I keep hearing it's either Bond or Venom. Is it going to be Bond? Venom. Not not by Alwyn, but yeah, 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 I hear the next title is either Bond and Venom. Either Bond, which will be like a Richie slash uh, Gomez joint, probably a rework by George Gomez, or Venom, which was by Brian Eddy and Zombie Yeti. Bond would be awesome. Would it be classic Bond or would it be new Bond? It's supposed to be a, like a Kapow because uh, during COVID, um, well, because I don't know if you know, Joe Kalenko, uh owns a reproduction of the original TV Batmobile. Big Batman fan. He also, during COVID, had built or worked on himself too, a reproduction of the old James Bond Aston Martin, complete with machine guns, oh, smoke cool. screen. That was my favorite right, car, right. besides the Lota. Right. The whole, the whole, I mean, the whole enchilada, all the goodies. I had a toy car of that when I was, so a, did I. When I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody in our age bracket did pretty much. I had the, uh, the one that was the, submarine that turned into the submarine oh, that's cool the lotus right remember that yeah. one and i think it was was it Ertl? yep who made those yep. i had the old aston martin but if you lifted up in the toy one if you lifted up the hood 
that was yeah. you took a toothpick and shoved up underneath the bottom of the car and would launch a missile out of the hood of the car. I had that, that yes, I, that came out of the the top of the yeah, yeah. that came out of the top of the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there were those little uh, the red missiles that had springs right, inside. Right. And you remember you those? Yeah, shot it off. Yeah, I had that, and I had the Austin Martin. that had the machine guns that popped out. Yeah, God, those are probably worth a fortune now. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I don't have it any, well, actually I still have it, but it's all beat up because I played with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it. we all did. Like I, you know, the Star yeah. Wars toys, you know, I mean, yep. we didn't keep them inside the little package. We took them out of the package. We took them out in the backyard in the sandbox and we played with them. And that's um, why yep. the ones that aren't broken are valuable. Exactly. 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 <laughs> so, and not scratched to hell. So we've, okay. So we covered TPF talk and the Twippies. So we're up to upcoming shows. Um, so I'm going to just give you a quick rundown. We're going to get it through summer. Um, so we have the Midwest Gaming Classics coming up April 29th to May 1st. And that's uh, in uh, Wisconsin. It's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at the Wisconsin uh, Center like a convention center that's going to be my next show i'm going to go to because it's in my hometown oh see that's cool and i really want to I, that's one really i'd like to go, go to that yeah. so midwestgamingclassic.com for more information it's pinball it's arcade games it's uh consoles it's cosplay it's board games it's all kinds of cool stuff april 21st through 23rd is pinball at the zoo it's a kalamazoo county expo center in kalamazoo michigan uh, May 6th and 7th, the Allentown show is back, Pinfest. All these shows are coming back. A lot of them haven't been around for a couple of years due to the world going crazy. And it's kind of like Pinagogo, right? Like in a farmland. Is it kind of the same thing? Like in a rural area? It might be. Yeah. It's, well, it's an I, Allentown. I've watched, Allentown yeah, it's out there. I've watched some of the like Todd Tuckies of it. It looks probably a little bit more serious than Pinagogo, but okay. you know, it's definitely an old school show with that old school flavor from, from what I see online, looks like, looks like one that I'd like. Here's what I've always loved cool. about Pinagogo. And I said this years ago when I had, uh, um, Steve Faith, who's one of the organizers of used to be Pinagogo now Golden State Pinball Festival, excuse me. Uh, um, it's like Pinagogo has always reminded me of like an old R gang episode where it's like, let's clean up the barn and put on a show. Like sweep up all the hay, move the games in, plug them in, have the kid at the door taking money, you know, and hey, we're putting on a show. That's it. I mean, that organic, that simple. That's that's the magic of that show. It still is, too. Mm -hmm. It's it still is. It still is. is. It still is. Longest running pinball show west of the Mississippi, which will be coming up in October. And we'll get to that in a later show. I'm only going up through July, May 13th through 15th. Golden State Pinball Festival. It is on. It's a go, people. So, um, not now, people, if you're listening right now, <laughs> if you think Texas Pinball Festival was great, this is the only show. And I swear I've been to a lot of shows that has the most pinball games to play in one location. I'm telling you right now that are well kept for up. sure as far as a show goes and easy access to them because they're just in rows and you're not in a maze trying to find the games you want. Plus, I love the uh, oval that they do, having the games all the way around. I don't know how they're going to arrange it this time. And the most EMs you'll ever get to play. Because if you go to a show normally, there's maybe a dozen that are mixed through the other games. This is a whole room dedicated to EM games. Dollar for content, you cannot get a better deal in pinball. 
Yep. We, we, we put on the best show going. So well, well beyond that is like, it's you like, better show up. It's Spencer like, the will be mad. I will be mad. I'm Hey, I'm driving through four States to get there. It's like the Woodstock of pinball, man. People camp out. And then, and I'm in like, like I actually, I actually just as a joke for a minute today, considered, you know, I don't wonder what I could get from my camping site. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you trade for my kid? Cause man, those are, those are a, a coveted item. Yeah. I was um, going to say, there's no point in promoting those because they are gone and there's a waiting list. There's a huge waiting list. Cause it's like, like I said, it's, it's just, you camp out for three days and, and have food and hang out and and you nailed it though spencer it's the woodstock of pinball it really is man it's <laughs> it, it's it it's is. three three it days is. of peace love and pinball that's, that's except, it. yeah except for without all the bad crap that always seems to happen at, uh, <laughs> the brown acid woodstock. <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's it's like woodstock except you know without the brown acid um yeah, man, and no wavy gravy, but you know, which you know, well, we but, but we do have. He might be out there somewhere. You don't know. <laughs> we do have the homeless guy that hangs out outside the gate, and gives people directions <laughs> to the show. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. How'd you how'd you hear about? Oh, we're new. This is our first year coming. Oh, really? How'd you hear about us? Oh, homeless guy on the street corner. I'm like, really? Okay, yeah. He the said pinball pinball. waved us in. Yeah, he goes, yeah. He said he told us it was a pinball show over there. I'm slamming my mic. So, um, yeah. <laughs> True story. Um, that was great, man. The 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 how'd you guys find out about the show? Oh, the the homeless guy out at the gate told us. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, is he still there? Does he need a cup of coffee and a sandwich, uh, free T-shirt? Anyway, so Golden State Pinball Festival. If you can make it, I promise you'll have a good time. You know, it's the best show. So it's it's you know what man I'm biased. It's the best show. You know what I'm telling we, you right we now. all are and uh, but yeah. So now next up and it just says May TBA is the Rocky Mountain Pinball Showdown, which now because of my lo- my location where I live now, it's actually my home show. I did go. They had it in October and I had a good time. I had a wonderful time at that show. It's a good show, um, and I look forward to it again. I'm hoping. That it's not the same weekend because I really do want to attend both because um, it was a fun show and I want to make sure and, and support the local show. So uh, right now their website just has stuff from the 2021 show in October. So keep an eye out on the Rocky Mountain Pinball Showdown website and uh, support that show if you're in the area. Um, June 3rd through 5th, the Northwest Show at the Tacoma Convention Center in uh, Seattle, Washington, Seattle, Tacoma. Never been here. It's a great show. Really want to go to that one down the road. I've been there. Awesome show. Lots of arcade games, lots of pinball, uh, great tournament, uh, super cool dealers. Definitely worth your time. Yes. Sir. Doesn't it have one of the best pin golf tournaments too at, at Northwest? I've always heard really, really good things about the tournament. You know, that's yeah. just a great game selection. All the, all the, all the cool stuff you want to see. Like I said, if you love videos, tons of great videos, tons of great vendors, beautifully air conditioned, decent snack bar. It's always, it's always fun to be playing pinball up on like the fourth or fifth floor or whatever you're on. So yeah, definitely a cool show. Cool. I want to backtrack real quick. Something, something else about a uh, golden state pinball festival this year is uh, they've had a tournament for several, you know, for all the years. Um, they've had a couple of tournaments, one of them being a women's tournament. I believe that's going to happen again this year. Um, but they're also having this year, Mark, you want to get on this one? 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, they are having a target match play tournament. So it's similar to like Pinberg scoring. Um, but it's a, is it, I forgot how many points it's up to. It's like past 30. Is it 35 or something like that? It's pretty epic. Yeah, uh, I don't know all how the many details. Points. I should. I, but yeah, it's a target match play. So you play until you reach a certain number of points. Uh, and I think it's how many people are allowed? Is it like 60 or how many people can be in the tournament? Do you remember, Dan? I don't know right off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I don't remember either. But it's cool that they're having that. And that's on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Show up, register. We get, yeah, well, I mean, go come to the website. You know, the website's beautiful. It's just been redesigned. The website is pretty nice. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and my understanding is we're going to have a dedicated space for it this year. Yeah. So no, you're not you. going to have to that's deal with the, heard, with the wider show. Which means and all more the background games noise. in that room. There'll be more games to actually play because you'll have that room there. 2022. I'm not room with that area. Circuit. Stern Pro Circuit event. The 2022 pinball tournament will be a Stern Pro Circuit event. This year, the tournament will be in its own building with extended hours outside of the normal show hours. Registration and all tournament administration will be done at this building at the tournament site. All entries must be paid in cash only. And uh, please see the details for each event. There's the main, there's the main tournament. There's the target match play and the women's tournament. And there's always a kids tournament in the past. So I don't know about that yet. Um, that may be something different, but. Um, and there might be a Michael's Midnight Madness, which is so much fun. Yeah, that's always cool, too. So. Um, so it's there. So, yeah, GoldenStatePinball.org. GoldenStatePinball.org. So we'll move on to the next shows, but it's on there. You can click on it. It tells what the rules and regs are. I got to stop hitting my new microphone because I have the I have the filter in front of it. I keep hitting that. And it's like, oh, that's cool. You can edit Good that popping out. your pop filter. I'm popping my pop filter. So where were we? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Northwest show. So, yeah. So that's a uh, uh, and that's another show that just like uh, Golden State Pinball Festival, I know it goes to local charities or uh, I believe it gets uh, local kids uh, college scholarships is what they're uh, they're their charitable donation goes to is getting paying, paying for, for schooling for, for cool young people. So um, that's a good thing, you know, especially the cost of school these days. Um, June 23rd through 26th, Pintastic New England. And that's in Boxborough, Massachusetts. So uh, I don't know a lot about this show other than it's the New England show. So if you're in the New England area, uh, East Coast, uh, it's uh, in the end of June. So the weather should be good. Should be a fun show. I know it's that's the one that's 24 hours. Is that it's it? Pintastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like yeah. a lot of fun. Yes, this is fantastic. Yeah, well, way yep. past my bedtime anymore. Now, you know, 30 years ago when I was a youngster, <laughs> I would have been like, I am into this. But now, yeah. no, 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 we're not doing that. I'm going to bed. Um, love you guys, but I got to get some shut eye. Um, and then uh, sometime in July, TBA also uh, is California Extreme. That, of course, is in Santa Clara. Uh, it's the big pinball arcade super game extravaganza. And uh, Santa Clara, California. So uh, keep an eye on the website for that. Um, that's another good one. If you like classic pinball, if you like classic arcade games, there used to be a dude in Roseville, California, 
who was an employee at Atari, who used to bring a large collection of rare and prototype games to that show every year. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if you're still around or not, but Dan, you remember those, don't you? Yeah, if you want to see weird stuff, California Extreme is one of the one of the best. And of course, it's again largely a arcade show, but there's tons of tournaments, tons of seminars. You know, it's a who's who. Uh, definitely worth coming to. And hopefully last year's was very small. So hopefully this year we're going to be a little bit more back to form. There you go. Yeah, I, I know the abuse and butthead Atari arcade game used to show up at that show every year. So hmm. and then I think there was only one or two prototypes made of that. So it's another yeah, cool, I played that one. Yeah, other cool, yeah. really cool odd stuff. So yeah, they've had Marble Madness too there. They've had the the prototype of uh Dady's Tommy, which has a completely yes. different layout. Right. Um like there's a lot of like onesie twosie games that you'll see there because of the fact that a lot of the Atari, you know, development was happening right in the neighborhood. And so those games kind of stuck around. Um, you know, the last few years, I know that some of those collectors are sold. Some of that stuff's changed. Um, but, you know, our, our buddy Joe would bring, you know, one of a kind or very, very, very low remaining example Laserdisc games. Yeah. Um, because Laserdiscs are kind of where he, uh, where he got his uh, claim to fame. So right. you're going to see, you're going to see some cool shit that you don't see anywhere else, as well as all the stuff that you expect to see as long as, you know. As long as they're not having a smaller show this year. I remember Joe was so excited one year at the Pinagogo swap meet because he found a working board set for a granny in the Gators. He'd been looking for for a while. And so the next next year, Pinagogo, that was granny in the Gators, you know, just complete, beautiful. Like just like it looked like it just freshly rolled off the assembly line and it played perfect. You know, so that was really cool because you don't see those very often. You see, unfortunately, it was still Granny and the Gators. Yeah, but you know what? The opportunity to go, oh, have you played that? Yeah, I have. You know, hey, it's better than Caveman. Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a Caveman on on location for a while at uh, Pacific Pinball Museum, and uh, I had to play it because you know it's a pinball machine, not a good one, but you know. Anyway, it had flippers and a ball, so it's, it's its own thing. It's its own thing. Yeah, it's 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 mm-hmm. not very, just not very good. Um, so that's you know California Extreme. Keep checking the website cax.org or something. I don't know. It's just just type in California Extreme. You'll find it. Google it, people. Uh, if you, if you saw my office where I'm recording do right it. now, do it right. <laughs> You'd be like, "Holy shit, man!" And I'm not wearing my fez tonight, but I also haven't. I have not. I have literally since uh, since December, I've had two beers since December, and it's March. So, yeah, man, I just I I just been so busy just working and stuff, and then doing family stuff. I just uh, you know cutting out all the bad stuff. I haven't had a cigarette in almost a year and a half. Well, you're you're in three months, so you're almost a good job. Thank you, almost a year and four months. Anyway, we're proud of you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, feeling, I'm starting to feel a lot better too. Finally, about time, huh? So, last on the list is July 15th through 17th, and that's the Southern Pride Gaming Expo in Atlanta, Georgia. So, lots of good shows that are making a comeback. Support these shows, people. Support your local route ops. Support your local shows. Support your local locations that have pinball machines and video games. Uh, if you don't support them, man, they go away. If they go away, 
not likely is it going to come back. And through the last couple of years, we've lost some really good shows, some really epically good locations. So please, 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 if you like pinball, if you like arcade games, support these events and the vendors and the people that stay up all night wrenching on a game to get it running perfect, to bring it to a show, to drive 400, 500 miles to bring it to a show so you can play it for free or for, you know, just a door entry fee. So please do that. We don't, if we don't take care of it, man, if we don't love it and care for it, it will go away. Yeah. Yeah. We lost too much. That's it, man. That's our show tonight. You guys said we couldn't go two hours. Not nothing to talk about. I beg to differ. Yeah. It seems like when we get together, we'll talk for hours. We can ramble with the best of them. Yeah, we can, man. Yeah. I think it's a good show overall. And, and and the fans need a good show. So I'm just going to start with the thank yous and shout outs. I only got one tonight. Um, I'm going to shout out to all the listeners, all the wonderful people who take the time to download our show and listen to it. And, you know, don't look in the rearview mirror and say, please, God, cut my brake lines. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, no, seriously. And sincerely. Are uh, you watching me again? Yeah, right. And that's actually a Mickey joke. Mickey actually told me that one day. He was, he was writing some some stand-up jokes. and He's really been getting the magic lately. So, and, uh, but anyway, he's like, yeah, he goes, and so, you know, as this married guy, he's like driving home for work. He's like, please, can I cut my brake lines? I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I use that. So no, but you know, sincerely to all the wonderful uh, listeners out there, shout out to you. Kudos to you. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening to the show. God willing, we'll see you at the Golden State Pinball Festival or another show. So that's it, man. That's what I got. My uh, shout out is to the organizers of the Texas Pinball Festival for all the hard work that they put into the show, considering they were on hiatus for two years in a row. And it was a successful show uh, with all the great events that happened, the tournaments. Uh, So hats off to all the people, all the volunteers, everybody uh, that made that show happen and made a lot of smiling people love pinball. Nice. Sounds good. Uh, I want to throw a shout out to Brian who did just an absolutely magnificent job on my Indianapolis 500, which is home now. And it's just gorgeous. Um, it had a, it had a run through at league night just as a practice game, but everybody loved it. Uh, big shout out to the CCPL crew, capital corridor pinball league crew, uh, especially my Kozier who kind of haunches the whole thing. His brother, David, who runs the Folsom league, uh, himself who runs the Lodi league and we have a new North sack league starting. I think it's full, but if you're interested, go to, uh, you know, was power to the pinball.com, uh, you know, get on the waiting list, express some interest. Uh, we're fielding a new league. It's going to be super, super exciting. We're all, uh, we're all very, very excited for the new North sack league. And of course to you guys, you know, thanks a lot. Always great to hang out with you guys. And speaking of tournaments, Reno is bursting at the seams. We have 28 players on average now playing in tournaments weekly on Tuesday nights at Press Start. So if you're listening and you're in the area, uh, and if you can get in (laughs) before it fills up quick, um, hats off to everybody who uh, comes to those events every Tuesday night. And we'll probably have some on the weekend with tournaments as well. But uh, it's pretty awesome that the pinball scene in Reno. Yeah, man, I definitely got to start planning my Reno trips for Tuesdays. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely alex came out and he uh did pretty well in the tournament as well yeah, i heard so, he took a run yeah. at it yeah he did 
Alex, congratulations to Alex. He took uh, last uh, wholesome league season. That's right. And then he went took fourth in the Lodi league. Took fourth in Lodi. As a machine. We thought he we thought he was going to go go over twice, but he he ran into a brick wall. And quick story, he came over. We played co-op on Hot Wheels, and he beat the game. So hats off to you, Alex. You are a darn good player, and uh, thanks for showing me the end of the game. Now I got to work on it for one player. So if anybody <laughs> wants to buy Hot Wheels. <laughs> yep, it might be being <laughs> sold pretty soon. <laughs> I have to beat it first, then I'll sell it. I don't know. I want one. So yeah. <laughs> I'm still thinking that's a hell of a value in a great game. So, yep. All right, guys. Been a great show. Uh, that's the March 2022 Spinners Let Pinball podcast. And with that, we'll take us out. Play pinball. Keep, Keep America, America strong. strong.